and welcome to Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast, and my name is Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. I feel uh, like last week you called me out a little bit about my openings, so I'm trying to actually keep it low-key <laughs> these days. That's my plan. Do your thing. I like the variety, honestly. Yeah. I never know what to expect. Yeah. Is that the thing you look forward to most every week, is how I'm going to open this? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I have a weird... Uh, fan graph where i detect the probability <laughs> of is this going to be like auctioneer-esque or more like a clown underwater yeah <laughs> kind <of thing>. <laughs> <laughs> clown sometimes underwater. you do the lean in like hi kind of that kind of like oh yeah me- menacing asmr creep <laughs> <laughs> menacing AS- i love that yeah um, it's a screen name anyway we wanted to open this episode with a quick update um about something that's very important to the two of us <laughs> mm-hmm Honestly, a touching story to to uh, the Antigone to last week's Oedipus, if you will. Um, oh, Jesus, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Skype just crashed right after I said that. I'm like, fuck this. I'm sick of this shit. The Antigone to last week's Oedipus. Eat shit. You don't even know what that means. All right, just Skype. say what happened. All right, just cut to the fucking chase for once. Um. <laughs> Skype in my head Skype is heckling us <laughs> anyway um, last week I, I was vocal half serious about my failed quest to get the limited edition FF7 theme TM which you can only acquire by buying two buyers. Um and thank you AJ for your valiant work unparalleled uh, effort to bleep out every time we say but last episode and continuing i imagine into this one as yeah. well kind of amazing actually we we did yeah. a count and it was um it was i don't remember the number but i think it was between 50 and 70 times <laughs> the approximate amount of things that i purchased trying to get this thing <laughs> yeah exactly um but the silver lining is that uh brendan kind-hearted brendan as we called him in, in new jersey uh, everyone here kind of has like an allegorical name. Mine is like cowardly thief. <laughs> but kind, uh-huh. <laughs> kind-hearted. I, I just um just rejoined a and D campaign. I'm playing as a tiefling, and in the handbook, they're like tieflings often have like a name that's just like exactly what they are, like, allegorical. So it's on my head. Anyway, anyway, cut to the fucking <laughs> chase for once. Brendan, kind-hearted Brendan, allegorical tiefling, uh, went out. Bought two Butterfingers, and your picture rules, and I think is probably what you have to do for them to accept it. Yeah. The receipt, clear as day, like the clouds parting to reveal a, a benevolent god. Yeah, I went uh, into our studio. I went into, I went into the studio in the office and like oh, put it under the lights because I was yeah. like, I need it to be perfect. Yeah, it was clear as, clear as crystal and anchoring uh, like two cherubs unleashing a scroll where two but on on either end of the receipt pinning it down so like if that was rejected which i was prepared for <laughs> i was also prepared for this i was like i was like yeah uh, i, I thought that i was it. gonna send it to but your corporate and they were gonna be like yeah you could have gotten these anywhere how does that how does this match up with the receipt you know yeah because i also it. donated three dollars to uh, a cancer research fund because they ask you when mm-hmm. you're checking out at, at Dwayne reed if you want to do that and i was like is this the thing that's gonna fuck me up is yeah my trying to do something nice for the world going to fuck up receiving but the teeth corp is like theme. far too generous kill him last <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah uh, but they accepted it. You you sent me a very excited message, and you sent me the redemption code. And now I have the theme. I've got it all. Got all the pre-hype FF7 stuff. It's great. I'm and now happy. the theme is sold out. It's also worth mentioning. Yeah. 
the, the, the digital yes. theme <laughs> that the, they said this is <laughs> this this butter's promo sorry aj salt over my shoulder uh it's supposed to last until may it went out in like a week yeah it was like it was like two weeks oh my god and and half of them are rejected arbitrarily so like maybe 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 uh tinfoil hat moment let me put it on uh-huh get comfortable Maybe they rejected a lot of them so they would not run out so quickly. You know what I mean? Maybe they like tried to kind of give out like a, a quota of of uh, uh-huh. of redemption codes. But needless to say, I got it very happy. And the, the moral of the lesson is that trust your friends over corporations. Yeah. Also, the moral of FF7. So here we go. There you go. Full circle. Great. So you got the theme. I don't have the theme. I'll probably get a different theme, though. I saw they have a bunch of other ones that look great. That yeah, I think you all, get with the game or are free. I don't really know the deal. I think there's a few you get if you just have PS Plus. So there's a Midgar one that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, I'll probably change it up. Just to, like kind of get hyped. I'll probably switch them around. Mm-hmm. I've also been low-key going back to the original. Um, oh, nice. Just like kind of playing through it. I, uh, I'm at the point where you have to give someone CPR and then whistle to a dolphin to get you up to an exact point on the map. And I'm right. like, they could take, they could take this out of the remake. <laughs> like, I just spent 20 minutes trying to whistle at a PS one dolphin, uh, with no visual guidance of like what is correct. Yeah. And this, this can, uh, this yeah, dump it. This one's garbage. <laughs> Tim Robinson esque. anyway. Yeah. But yeah I, I actually wish there was a thing that now I'm thinking about it. There was a thing on the 3DS that I loved where if you uh, downloaded or bought themes for your 3DS, you could set it on a randomizer. So every time you closed and opened the clamshell, Ooh. it would change what the theme was. Yeah. Um, or if you like went into a game and then backed out, it would change. So I had to, I had to, like maybe 10 themes that were all Animal Crossing or Pokemon oh, themes. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. That just had like really great music and just like a really great vibe that would just randomize. I wish I could do that with the PS4. Because I would too. love to like switch between. I have the Firewatch one, which you and I talked about so a lot. Good. Yeah, it has so a good. great Chris Remo music on there and changes over the course of the day. Yeah, and the PS2 one, which is like just um, incredible. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, w- I would love to be able to switch between some of the the Final Fantasy ones, but yeah, anyway. it it just like I know we also say this every week, but I wish like Nintendo, who should be there, I would spend too much money on on themes on my Switch, and it's like, do you want white or black? That's all we got. That's yeah. all we could think of. And like the fact that there is a themes menu implies that maybe one day there will be more. But like Switch has been out for three years. Yeah, I was just about to say it's been multiple years, and they have not done it. Um, Just now with the Animal Crossing Switch, which you just received. I don't know if we talked about that yet. No, no, not yet. I was going to bring it up, but yeah. Okay, yeah, that's that's your but conclusion. You know. Yes, I I have received the Animal Crossing Switch. Um, I thought you know due to the world, uh, it might get delayed, but uh, it showed up in my house early, surprisingly, uh, which is really nice, and uh, it's amazing. It's sitting. It's sitting on my bookshelf right now. It is, uh, for some reason, whenever you switch Nintendo Switches, you have to delete and then re-download all of your games. So, like, you transfer yeah. all your save data over, but it erases all the game files, and then you have to download them again. Um, so, I started doing this yesterday morning, and it is now um, today afternoon, <laughs> and it is still downloading everything. Yeah. The only thing more archaic than anything Nintendo makes you do for, like, simple quality of life stuff is emailing a receipt to butter. 
<laughs> like that is like now that like right above that is like just having a switch and yeah. <laughs> trying to make it work um but love, the, the transfer the switch, process but... data wise was surprisingly easy so that was really yeah. nice because i thought that was going to be way more difficult um, the switch is like easily the best nintendo has handled like online and this stuff and like i think it varies game to game honestly yeah like but this is still kind of in like 2010 land in a yeah. lot of ways i'm waiting for the one like extremely fucked up thing about animal crossing like i'm waiting to find out what one thing about animal crossing is so borked online wise yeah um, it's like oh, i gotta send tom nook my blood type to start again <laughs> every time he can't remember my blood type it's so easy like it's one letter it's gonna be so easy yeah ah the universal donor welcome back to your island uh, <laughs> yeah um Speaking of that, another exciting announcement. At the time of this recording, New Horizons will be out in five days. Yeah. By the time you're listening to this, dear listener, it'll be two days. It's coming out real soon. Yeah. Um, Amazing. Expect us to talk a lot about it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and uh, I think uh, Brandon and I were talking to expect like probably more streams than we usually do in the coming weeks for a variety of reasons. But we thought it'd be fun. Uh, we know this is like a really rough time for the world right now. And we're really thankful and lucky that we can keep doing this and keep sharing this with you all. And I think streaming more in in this kind of current uncertainty and darkness would be a fun way to like keep that going. Yeah, completely yeah. agree. Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. Um, anyway, back to butt. <laughs> 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 uh, no, actually, there's a game that, that you that you got recently that I had no interest in purchasing and then bought anyway. Um, just again because of you know we're all home, uh, so I was like, whatever. Yeah. Now's a good time to get into a whole ass video game that I don't know anything about. Um, but you purchased Neo Two. PlayStation 4. Uh, uh-huh. And so have I. So you and I have been playing that over the past couple of days. Yeah, Neo 2. Uh, I also bought this almost like my unconscious panic. It was like, please, we need something else that's not Final Fantasy related. Because yeah. <laughs> the last three episodes have been FF7 demo, two episodes about FF14. I mean, that's, I love that. I think people like listening to it too. But like, you know, it's a new year, new horizons, mm-hmm. uh, new stuff. So Neo 2, what, what the heck is that? Um, Neo 2 was on my, we talked like in our game of the year episode about stuff we were excited for, for this year. And Neo 2 was on my list. Not like, not on the top of my list, but just sort of on games. I'm like, oh, this looks like I want to check this out for a variety of reasons. Yeah. For a quick backdrop on what this series is, Neo 1 came out, I think in like 2016, if I'm not mistaken. Let me look it up real quick. That sounds correct. I'm going to say yeah, yes. Yeah, it was 2016, definitely. 2017. It was kind of recent. Yeah. And beloved, people loved it. It was like, oh, here's the first company trying to make a Souls-like game and doing it correctly. Yeah, uh, 2017, exactly. So this was the first, because I think we, we talk a lot about the Souls-like genre, where I think like since uh, Dark Souls 1 came out in 2011, and like I would say over the past like five years, this genre has kind of blown up. Um, yeah. And it's it's it's... I feel like I always am hesitant to say whether or not I I like the Souls like as a genre. I mean, don't, I mean we've covered uh, the FromSoft games a lot. We both love them. Uh, I think the biggest Souls like that we both adored was Hollow Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the reason I'm hesitant to like fully embrace Souls like as a genre is because I think that a lot of games kind of miss what makes the FromSoft series so special. 
Um, yeah. And I think uh, they all kind of focus on different things. I think Hollow Knight really succeeds because one, that game is pulling from so many things that the alchemy of it becomes its own thing very strongly. Yeah. Like I don't, once, once you're like an hour or two into Hollow Knight, you forget that like, that it's based or inspired by anything. Like, oh, this is just a new thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, and I think the thing that Hollow Knight pulls from Dark Souls most successfully is the unparalleled atmospheric storytelling. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of Souls likes don't even bother attempting that. And and every game is going for a different thing. So I think a lot of games that call themselves Souls likes aren't going for that. But I I personally think that that's the best thing about Dark Souls and Bloodborne and Sekiro is like the setting being this kind of composer in the background where like as you go from point A to point B, you you unconsciously soak in this story even if you don't know what's happening concretely like the mood is so effective and like there's so many visuals that will stay with me forever like in Sekiro just like riding on that big straw doll that like punches into a mountain you get off of him or smaller moments like just hanging out with the sculptor in this shrine full of like kind of warped statuettes of Buddha as he like sadly works on your arm into like one of the few moments of like direct intimacy in that game yeah but it's in this sort of like warped version of it yeah i i that's the stuff all that of those I moments that i think about are all from bloodborne like i, I think yeah. bloodborne is such a such an evocative and, and wild thing um it, shout out to our friend pablo uh, we were just doing ps4 game streaming the other day um which i had never experienced before i, I didn't realize it worked as well as it does but it literally is just like you are like streaming a game just for one person or whoever is in your party, which is really great. So um, that's fun. I just like wasn't in the mood to be doing anything. I had just gotten home from like a really long commute and I was like, just play Bloodborne. And he just started a new character and we just like went through the first two bosses and it was so fun. It was like a great night, but just like revisiting Bloodborne right before getting Neo, um, I I think was very helpful for me in trying to frame my thought process when, when talking about Neo and when playing it and thinking about it. Um, But yeah. Yeah. um, So that's awesome. I want to try that more often. My friend, Eric, give you a shout out. He's been messing around in dreams and I feel like that's a really fun game to do exactly that. And I keep thinking about getting dreams. I feel like now is like a great time to get dreams, but also animal crossing is so soon that I don't know if if that makes sense. Yeah. We got to, you and I are both being like responsible with what we're picking up. I think like this was the one kind of lag of time where we could pick up a new game, which was of course Neo two. Yeah. Um, but I do, I absolutely want to check out dreams eventually. And I feel like that's not going anywhere. It's such a cool tool. Yeah. That, like we'll only see more and more cool stuff out of that, but that's one of like those things game. that I think you and I were so ambivalent about. And then it came out and we started seeing some videos and it was like, Oh no, this had this, <laughs> this is real. And it's going to, you're right. It is going to stick around. My friend Dom, uh, give me a shout out as well. A lot of shout outs in this segment. Uh, he keeps sharing this dream he found, which is a great phrase about it's like set in the Seinfeld apartment. Yeah. And it's this like really scary horror game. It's, it's about it like is. visiting your uncle Jerry, right? There's <laughs> this like narrated voice like Jerry's not home. Wow. He must make a lot of money to live. Here. Yeah. I so saw him weird. tweet it out. And then I think somebody, I think like the verge wrote an article about it or something. Yeah. Um, based on his tweet, which is very funny. But there's yeah. this, there's a follow up where you can leave the apartment and it's like apocalyptic. Like, I think there's like a Godzilla kind of monster. <laughs> of in the course. Distance. Like a stranger yeah. things kind of vibe. Uh-huh. Great. I love that. Anyway, yeah, there's so Neo. much going on. What's anyway, happening Neo. in Neo? So Neo uh, came out 2017. Neo is a Souls-like game. Probably the first Souls-like game to, like you said, be widely beloved and, and almost challenge the core series, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it challenged it in a mechanical way. I think a lot of people, when they talk about Neo, are like, this is doing something mechanically that that is 
that is almost superior to like how the combat is in the Souls series. So I think for that angle, I, I haven't played Neo 1 yet. We both picked it up when it was free. And I do want to at least quickly revisit it now that I'm playing 2. And uh, I really, really am enjoying 2. And we'll get into that more. Um, but Neo 1, you played as, a, I think, a real historical figure, uh, William Adams. His name was He's William. Like, he looks just like Geralt from The Witcher. Yeah, people call him not Geralt. And honestly, oh, really? like, that's, <laughs> well, at least in the Discord, I think uh, uh, Zeno really called them not Geralt. Uh <laughs> Anyway, the the backdrop of Neo 2 is that Neo 1 came out in 2017, was the big Souls-like that people were kind of pointing to, but then Sekiro came out like a year later. Right. <laughs> uh, and and uh, I think Sekiro is interesting because Sekiro came out in the wake of like all these Souls-likes popping up, so it was almost like from software defending their title in a way. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and Sekiro both retains what the series is known for, but also was wildly different. Uh, and I think what yeah. separated Sekiro from past entries was that it was it was so focused and minimal and like just perfectly executed. I mean, we to compare anything to Sekiro is almost fucked up. Like we we have recently <laughs> done our games of the decade episode, and and that is in our top five of the decade. Yeah, and I stand by that. I do, I do think too, like yeah. I do think Bloodborne and and the Souls trilogy all do their own thing, especially well, and it ultimately is subjective. I feel like sometimes I'm in the mood for Bloodborne over Sekiro, and they're doing different things. But and that that's just it. Sekiro is a story that is is so like the the, the mechanics and the setting. And the combat all kind of come together to deliver this like really purposeful narrative. And and mechanically, you do like unlock uh, prosthetic tools and and other things. But like ninety percent of that game, ninety percent of what you should be focusing on is just like you and your sword. And like mm -hmm. the very, I do the best in that game when I'm not even worrying about the items I have and I'm just focused on exactly what's right in front of me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the game, like, really, it, it just, it's just a work of art. I think, like, nothing, uh, we'll, we'll compare Neo 2 to Sekiro in, inevitably, and I think it's inviting those comparisons, but Sekiro's story and setting and plot are, like, second to none. It's a wash compared to Neo 2. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. The, this, yeah. the story of Sekiro is, is unrivaled. Um, but mechanically, and I honestly, like, Neo 2, and we'll talk about this more directly now, does share a lot, but I don't think, other than the setting and, and the aesthetic, I think Neo 2 actually feels a lot more like Dark Souls 1 to me yes. than Sekiro. The uh, way, the, the thing that clicked in my brain while I was playing Neo yesterday, because I was just really trying to like, I, I think figure out like, okay, what is this game doing that is so different from the Souls franchise that, that is really hooking people? Um, and, and the way I was framing it in my head was like, okay, compare it to Sekiro because that's what everybody is doing. The moment where I really like clicked and kind of like achieved a higher sentience was when I realized that this is like the anti Sekiro. This is like yeah. the exact opposite of everything Sekiro is trying to do. Because Sekiro is saying, okay, we used to have a bunch of weapons in these games. Fuck that. You just have the one and you're just going to play this exactly the way we want. And we're going to so finely tune how you're playing this game with this one weapon that there is no other alternative. You are going to use just this sword. The Shinobi tools exist as a way for you to like cheat the system if you need to, but that is all we're giving you. Whereas Neo is like just just like a, a fucking dog pile of systems. It's like <laughs> it's a parade of good ideas that that the best and worst thing about it is how many things are going on. Yes. Um, the the thing that I would compare it to the most, honestly, or like this 
this comparison of Sekiro versus Neo 2, which like it feels a little like weird to do, but I think is kind of necessary, feels the most similar to me with with Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild and Horizon Zero Dawn when those two games came out. Yeah. Where Breath yeah, of the I Wild that. pushed that that genre, that open world RPG genre in such a far direction that it is like kind of inadvertently created something new and interesting and unique and like something that we're going to see copied like pretty much forever. And Horizon Zero Dawn came out like right before that uh, and and essentially was just the perfection of everything that we had seen in that genre up until that point. Um, yeah. You know, unfortunately, it got blown out of the water immediately, but that doesn't mean that Horizon Zero Dawn is a bad game. It is an incredible game. It's very yeah, and, good at what it does. It has a very strong following, too. Like, yeah. I think, like, but yeah, it, it did. It, I think if that came out a year before Breath of the Wild, it would be even more universally adored. I agree. Um, um, and, and this game to me feels <laughs> like the Horizon Zero Dawn to, to Breath of the Wild Sekiro. I, that might feel a little bit like abstract, but that, that is how I've chosen to frame this um, yeah. in my head. And that's what is helping me enjoy Neo 2 a lot more. Yeah, I think it's worth pointing out, too, this was developed by Team Ninja and published by it's a first party sony game it's ps4 exclusive which is um, wild i didn't know that when i started playing it it's yeah kind of a bummer for everyone else i thought this was going to be cross-platform yeah. but yeah unfortunately not but um yeah so team ninja i feel like i have a very hit or miss like relationship with a lot of their games they've yeah. done some cool stuff they've done some uh they've also done metroid other m which is a sin uh, but <laughs> They're most known for the Dead or Alive fighting game series and the more modern Ninja Gaiden series, hence yeah. their name. And I think knowing that going in is very important because this does have a lot of fighting game DNA in it, way yeah. more than the Souls games do. The things I really like about Neo 2, and overall, like uh, this lead up, I think it was, I think I'm glad we covered all of this to give a backdrop for this game. But the things that it does differently is actually why I'm enjoying it. Because I'm enjoying it for its own flavor more than anything else. Mm -hmm. I really love the character customization. Like you can really, the character creator in this game is out, is out there. It's yeah. great. It is <laughs> um, It is absolutely wild. There's actually, I found, um, there's a Neo subreddit where the, the pinned post at the top of the subreddit is just people posting all their characters. Yeah. Um, some of the stuff I've seen, absolutely wild in terms of just the amount of malleability you have with these faces. Like, I found a perfectly accurate handsome Squidward from Spongebob, um, <laughs> which it was so hard to not immediately erase my character and change it um, yeah. to that. Uh, I found a really great Kratos that was like perfect. Um, I had a really hard time making Waluigi, but that's just because you can't make a very long mustache, but that's the only problem. You, you came pretty close, though. I think he's as Waluigi as you can get in Neo 2. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but that's a huge selling point for me. And on top of that, the game begins. The game begins like with a straight up like Dark Souls string array. Like, and that's like I kind of yeah. rolled my eyes a little bit. Like in the first scenes, I'm like, okay, they're not even trying. <laughs> it's a, it quickly deviates, but the very first scene, it's like, oh my god, you yeah. hear, like, it sounds even, like even the, the title screen thing. when you when you hit yeah. new game, it goes, Pah. yeah, yeah, like every um, Dark Souls I do, game. I love the title screen because depending on what you choose, it zooms into a different place. Yes. And when you do continue, it just shows your character leaning against the tree and then they pick up their weapon alongside their spirit guardian, which we will talk about because I love that. <laughs> um, so it begins with you. It gives you a pretty good tutorial, way more than any Souls game would ever give you, um, which I think is necessary because of how many things are going on yeah. in this game. 
Um, I was both grateful for the tutorial and completely, completely just like underwater with the tutorial. Yeah. Like, I was so happy that it existed, but they were throwing so many systems at me so quickly that it was like, couldn't you have integrated this into the game at all? I I personally find that this game doesn't put its best foot forward in terms of teaching you the systems, even though there's a pretty lengthy tutorial in there. But uh, it turns out the tutorial is much longer than I thought it was. Uh, So let's keep going. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it begins with you choosing two melee weapons, uh, and you eventually find all of them, but these are your starting ones. Um, and there's a really cool variety. Uh, I have uh, I chose the um, like the samurai sword and the tonfas, which are like um, the sort of like melee weapons you hold in your hand. Really, I don't see a lot of game with I don't see a lot of games with tonfas in it, so I was very <laughs> excited about that. Uh, for those unfamiliar, if you have ever played Soul Calibur, it's what Talim has. They're kind of like long, pointy nunchucks, but without a chain, you're holding both ends of it. Yeah. That's the best way I can describe it. So, because I, I wanted to make kind of a fast, like, stealthy character. Um, and a lot of the weapons range from, like, you have, you know, I have basically, like, the Shinobi sword from, from Sekiro and the Tanfa. But there's also like a scythe. There's like a big axe. Like there's there's a really cool variety. Yeah, one of them is two. one of them. The scythe is is called the switch glaive, which is like straight up just a bloodborne like yeah. switch weapon, which is great. <laughs> it is. Uh, and then in addition to the two weapons, you also have three stances for each weapon. Which uh, the high stance, they hold it above their head, and that's like you know uses more stamina or key as it's called in this game, but does way more damage and does way more stamina damage to your enemy, which is important. Um, there's the mid stance, which is sort of overall more defensively leaning, but I find I'm usually in that stance. And then there's the low stance, which lets you like dodge really quickly and you can attack really fast, but for less damage. Yeah. And each weapon, uh, and this really can be overwhelming, but I've grown very fond of because I've kind of stuck to those two weapons and I feel like I'm knowing them better as I play. Yeah. Um, but each weapon has its own like giant sphere grid skill tree that also applies to each stance so you could kind of focus on like putting your skill points in the low stance for tonfa or or whatever and it gives you like a lot like you unlock these other combos which is where you can kind of see the fighting game dna i have a thing with both the tonfa and the sword where if i pull off a combo and then hit triangle they do like a kick that like knocks them down great um i have parries where i can jump over them like Really cool. Real like that's the stuff that I'm really gravitating towards that I think is also showcasing what Team Ninja does well as a team. Yeah. Um, and weirdly that is actually the thing that I would compare the most to Sekiro because Sekiro also has the the skill tree unlocks where you start to get more combos and more abilities to like yeah. carry stuff. Um that is that is the part of this entire combat system that is closest to Sekiro. Everything else is like a complete deviation from it. Um, yeah. But as soon as I opened up the the skill menu and just saw like the sphere grid of weapons and and then you have to click on a weapon and then it's a sphere grid for that weapon. I was like, this is so, this is <laughs> it's so, so much. much. And it, um, and it does not help you in the beginning. Um, it, yeah. it helps you, it helps you fight. It does not help you navigate its own systems. If that no. makes sense. Uh, and, and yeah. And then on top of all that, you're, you choose a spirit guardian, which gives you your characters half yokai, which are like ghost spirits yeah, ghosts, basically. Yeah. And you choose, I think a, a, uh, bird or um there's like there's three one is water fire and wind yeah yeah there's um, a bird there's a wolf and there's a whale or a shark oh, okay i think it's a shark i chose the bird uh, i also chose choose? the bird yeah. oh hell yeah uh we like birds here um 
But anyway, <laughs> in the aether, sh- in the aether, you choose your spirit guardian, which lets you like you also have yokai powers that kind of use your magic meter. That doesn't really matter a lot at first, but slowly becomes a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. And that's actually, I think, where the game also secretly shines later on. But I'll get to that. So that's a lot of information all at once. Even just talking about it makes me kind of dizzy. Yeah. And they throw you in to a very kind of, you know, Dark Souls 1-esque arena. Worth pointing out, this game is mission-based, which, like, when you compare this uh, Horizon Zero Dawn to Breath of the Wild, my first impression, which I think I've moved away from a little bit, but still I think retains elements of, is I kind of thought of the Dauntless versus Monster Hunter argument, where, like, Mm. this feels a little bit like they're really putting a spotlight on the combat above all else. There is a story happening, and, like, the setting is is Sekiro-esque. It's the same era. Um, It's a lot more fantastical than Sekiro is because Sekiro begins and like there are seeds of fantasy with like your magical prosthetic arm and a giant snake but for the first half of that game you're kind of just fighting samurai yeah and and then at a certain point you fall down into a cave and there's a ghost (laughs) okay yeah Uh, and then then it just like goes all out in that direction whereas this game just begins with spirit guardians and like yeah and monsters and stuff yeah the first enemy you fight is a ghost (laughs) <laughs> right uh so there are, are shrines that are kind of like fireplaces where uh i actually love the the fireplace equivalent in this game there's shrines that kind of have these like cute little spirits that do like strange dances and wear hats yeah they remind um, me a lot of um I, what, what are they called in breath of the wild the the little like forest, kokiri the kokiri sprites yeah. yeah they have very much that vibe and they make the same um, noise yeah, the way that works is like whenever you die, it leaves behind your spirit guardian, which is kind of like your your body or your grave. Um, and from the shrine, you can actually call that back, which you'll lose the experience you got, but you'll have whatever stat bonuses that guardian gives you, which is kind of a cool system. And the main thing you'll be doing there is you can offer because you find equipment really frequently in this game, and there's and that's another thing I really like is there's a lot of outfit customization, and like you can really make your character specific to how you want them to look. Mm-hmm. So you can offer. You also find equipment in kind of a Diablo esque way, where like every enemy drops like five things, and there's like you often get the same item, but it might be a different rarity. Yeah. Um, yeah, there it, is it Diablo feels a energy. lot like yeah. I was just about to say it feels a lot like Diablo. Like that that is a great. Yeah. it is weird how much this is almost like you can't call it a, a shoot and loot. So it's more like a, a slash and loot kind of situation. Yeah. But like there there is so much um, inventory management happening in this game that I absolutely yeah. was not expecting. But it is fun. I I do I do enjoy it. Um, I I've read some reviews of this game where people kind of like bumped up against that and didn't really like it because you know you're finding so much stuff that's useless that it's like. It kind of like removes the fun from it. But at the same time, when you find something that's useful, it's great. And also, I don't know if you're about to talk about this, but like you you can take the equipment that you don't want and then you can uh, offer it up as a blessing to the shrines that you are like that you're respawning at. Uh, and if you do that, you get a secondary currency that you can use to buy items. So instead of in Bloodborne having to go back to the starting area and farming for blood vials constantly, you can just farm a bunch of weapons that you don't want and then give them to the shrine and get es- essentially the, the equivalent of a blood vial back so you can heal yeah. yourself, which is great. It's a great system. It's really good. And what's great, too, is that uh, so there are graves littered around of other players and blue graves. You can summon another player's character as a as an AI to help you out. Yeah. Um, and depending on their level, they require more uh, bowls, ceremonial bowls, which you can buy at the shrine. I, at first, was hesitant to call for help because, like, kind of wanted to do it on my own at first. And, uh, you know, in, in my soul's experience, I find that, like, calling for help 
totally valid if you need it, but it does, it is kind of like, okay, I just want to get past this. Yeah. And like, it will be significantly easier with other people, especially because they're, you know, human controlled. Here, the help is a lot more like Nier Automata, in which it doesn't help at all. <laughs> uh, they're kind of, it, it helps in the sense that like, it kind of gives you a heads up of what's out there because they just sort of run out and fight everything. Yeah. Um, I do call for help a lot and it sort of just like gives you a leg up and lets you kind of study the area a bit more. But what's worth pointing out is I think this game has active co-op. You can play up to three with three people. Yeah. And that's where I think this game would really shine, honestly, because it has that Diablo sense. And it, it's so, whereas Sekiro, like every area of the map is fine tuned to teach you something or to like have you like hone a certain skill. This game is kind of throwing everything at the wall for better and for worse. There's some, this game is more interested in doing bullshit that Dark Souls 1 abandoned later in the series where there's just like pits in the ground that you can fall in easily and mm-hmm. die in one hit. And I will say too, there are way too many enemies that just kill you in one hit. Like, I think this game would benefit from leaning a little bit, a little bit away from the die in one hit stuff and more into like just a splash of a dynasty warriors where like you actually get to use the combos you're unlocking right you know because like and and when you do it's thrilling and there's like a lot of a lot of enemies in this game especially you eventually like fight these yokai mini bosses that like the area becomes this other realm and you grow horns yeah and like they're called those fights yeah they're rad those fights are awesome and like that's where i think all the systems really come into play because it's more about there's there's a big strategy of letting the enemy kind of tire themselves out and then going in it's not quite as eye to eye as like the posture meter in Sekiro. it's more like there's really just eight systems happening at once where it's like your stances like but eventually i found myself like doing the yokai dash when they came at me switching to a different stance getting in a combo and then like hitting r1 at the exact right time and backing off and i'm like that rules. Yeah. When you're able to pull that off, that is great. And I think it's in the boss fights and in the more controlled environments where the game is like, oh my God, this is like a dream. But there's a lot of areas where they just throw like 16 of the golem enemies that like are way too good. Yeah. Because they, <laughs> I, I find that most, like I have pretty good gear. I'm, I'm pretty high level. I'm higher level than they recommend for the mission I'm on. Worth pointing out, I'm, th- I'm three missions in. Those golem guys take way too long to kill. Yeah, wait, just like, just to be clear, the golem guys are literally the first enemy they give you. And if there's yeah. two of them in a spot and you like get one to half health, the other one will eat the first one and then become twice the size and become pretty much unbeatable. I mean, yeah, not unbeatable, they, but like, you know what I mean? It just They're is akin difficult. to a mini boss and they also spit up pools that paralyze you. For like 10 minutes. Yeah. This, <laughs> like this is the like first stuck. enemy in the game. And they're everywhere. And I just was in an area. I later found out it was optional and it was just for treasure. So like, okay, fine. But there was like eight of the golems and a yokai. And there was like random instant death pits everywhere. And I was like, this is just silly. Yeah. This is like, you know, you're not even giving me room to breathe here. I wouldn't say it's easier or harder than Sekiro. It's just very different. I think it's it's more chaotic in that there's a lot more room for something organic to happen um, that's independent of the game's direction, which like I think works out really well in moments that it's in your favor and it's frustrating when it's not. Um, I think in general, I would like to see, like, I don't think they need to patch it at all, but like, I do feel like for the tone that the game is going for mechanically in that, like you have all these combos and you have all these abilities, they can still keep that crushing difficulty that the soul series is known for. But I feel like enemies just take one or two hits longer than they should to kill. Mm-hmm. Like I'll pull off a combo, do a kill move, and they still have like two hits left. And I'm like, just let me have something. Yeah, like, I completely you know, agree. Yeah, uh, it just feels a little bit arbitrary. And like this is coming from you and I 
did our shit. We've gone through <laughs> a lot. We played a lot of these games yeah. and done very well on them. I, if you think I'm kidding, check out my Bloodborne stream where I beat Father Gascoigne in one try. All right, I know my shit, but uh-huh. this is just like it just it just feels like a, a DM who's like, actually, no, it's like, come, just give me some, like if I pull off a perfect combo, that should be it for the enemy. They shouldn't like get back up and then paralyze me. Yeah, when they're um, like, okay, so you can use a, a lunging attack if you if you're jumping down from a high spot, you can like hit them from up. So it, I literally jump down and shove my sword through the head and spine of a guy and then he gets up and kills me like that's that's not how bodies work that's that's not okay (laughs) and we're not like sticklers for realism but i think like the game the game robs you of victories that you should get just by having the enemies be a little bit too spongy for my taste yeah based on like all the mechanics they're giving you or it's like okay like i should be like sekiro rewards you for understanding the mechanics yeah well my my thing is is that this at least in the area that I'm in currently, like these are all regular guys and I'm the person who's half demon. I'm not yeah. the one who should get <laughs> killed in one hit. At a certain point, like in Sekiro, random random troops can give you a hard time, but like if you if you have proved your understanding of the game, they're just sort of fodder. You can yes. take on a lot and it isn't until mini boss where you really have to put those skills to to the test. This game does that eventually. I found the first level really well done, actually, and I think the first boss is kind of where I realized that I that I really liked this game. Um, and I think the bosses stand out because they're a more controlled environment. Yeah. That being said, even though I have my minor critiques here and there, like I am really in, like I'm having a lot of fun with this game. It, it, it's very fun, even when it gets frustrating. Like the reload time is pretty quick, so you get in right away, which is where I would compare it to Dauntless, where it's like yes, more interested in, in getting you in and out of combat, and like you know it. If the term I thought of while playing this, and it's a term we use a lot that I'd like to define, is I would say this game feels way more video gamey than absolutely than, than the Soul series, and I think it's cherishing that. You know, this is a game where if you use your bow and arrow, which definitely use it, that that rules. You yeah. can one shot enemies if you if you get a headshot, and like a number pops up, and a bunch of glowing treasure pops out. Yeah, um, and just the fact that every cutscene uh, is like you meet a new character that has their speed, almost like their persona, their spirit guardian right behind them. Mm-hmm. Like it's very campy, and I think that's what was working for me. I think once you beat the first boss. Because I didn't even know what was happening in the story. I didn't really care. But after the first boss, you meet like your major ally. Is it Tokichiro? I believe? That sounds correct. Who Who is apparently a kind of fictionalized version of a historical figure also. Gotcha. Um, he like after you beat the first boss, you are you're still in your yokai form. And you're kind of losing control. And then he comes over and puts a crystal on your head and you go back to normal. <laughs> And he has a monkey and he's kind of like, kind of, he reminds me a little bit of the monk in Princess Mononoke, uh, the Billy Bob Thornton voice mm-hmm. where like, he's trying to play all sides and probably is up to no good, but like seems a little bit more heroic than that character was. I mean, that character was the villain. So like, right. but I'm also prepared for this game to take that turn with this character. I, I'm not sure who they are historically, so I'm not sure if that adds up, but yeah. that kind of buddy relationship of like this sort of like street smart monk with like this kind of yokai demon bodyguard. I was okay. I'm in. I'm into this. Yeah. Uh, and then the next scene is you go, <laughs> you go to this temple with this dude who's eating meat on a skewer in a temple, and his, <laughs> his spirit guardian is a snake just looking at you. I'm like, huh. I wonder if he's a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh-huh. all that stuff works for me. I think. I think the story is kind of there. It's not. I think 
Whereas Sekiro, I had an unparalleled desire to see it through because I was so invested in the narrative. Yeah. I same. don't see that happening here. But the narrative is fun. Uh, it's it's a fun time. I like I like the constant theme of, of the Guardians, which you can change. And I like that just thematically. Like everyone kind of has their their like soul embodiment. That works for me. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I think what I, when I say video gamey, just like this game is not interested in having kind of the immersive setting that Sekiro had. Yeah. It's more, honestly, I would say that this game has almost no sense of place comparatively. Like I'm, I'm not playing this game to explore an environment or understand more about the world. I am playing this game just because I guess it's fun, uh, which like I am still kind of teetering on the edge of like, I don't even know if it's fun. I'm having a good time sometimes, but I have not had those moments where I've like clicked with all the systems. I'm like, oh, I know what I'm doing now. I I have yet to have that even having beaten the first boss, which by which I meant to mention earlier is the end of the tutorial. I didn't realize because when as soon as you beat the first boss and watch that cutscene where you meet the guy with the monkey, uh, that's when the title screen shows up. It's like, okay, cool. That was all the intro. Great. But Anyway, that said, like even going through that fight and further than that, um, I still haven't had moments where I'm like switching stances or anything like that. Like there's there are just for me personally, too many systems to engage with at one time where I'm still trying to. We didn't even talk about this one. There's another one. I'm still trying to get down the idea that um, as you're swinging your sword and dodging and sprinting and all those things, you're draining your energy meter. Whenever you do those things, there's like a blue aura that shows up around you. And if you press R1 at the right time, uh, it'll refill some of your stamina. It's called a key pulse, I think. Um, And the idea is you're supposed to get into the habit of doing that constantly. Like anytime you attack or anytime you do anything, you hit the key pulse button. um, And it's almost like an active reload in Gears of War, but just always, (laughs) essentially. Um, I am still having a hard time playing like a Souls-esque game where I am worried about how much attack I'm doing, what what the stamina of my enemy is, what my own stamina is, um, when I should be defending and also doing a key pulse on top of yeah. all that. Cause um, it's like wh- when a random golem can kill me in two hits, it's so hard to like really be focused on being offensive. Yes. And that's where I think this game would really shine if they went a little bit in a dynasty warriors direction, you know, where it's mm-hmm. like more about me fighting hordes of enemies. You can still have that higher difficulty. Cause dynasty warriors is like a bunch of people waiting in line to get their asses kicked. You know? Yes. 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 Uh, yes. But here, I think it would just benefit from, like, easing up a little bit on the one-hit KOs, where it's like, okay, cool. Like, how am I supposed to avoid that? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm having a lot of fun with it, though. I mean, I, I've already played, like, a lot of it. I think that this game very much has its own play separate. Like, re- as we talk about it, l- less and less would I compare to Sekiro, other than, like, yeah, I agree. the marketing of it. But I think that there's it's, there's a place for this approach to the Soul series that I think can very much go in its own direction, separate from where I think FromSoft is going. Yeah, um, I am way more invested in in the FromSoft formula. But this game is really fun, and I think like I think this game I I'll be curious to play this game with one or two friends. Because I think that would really shine. Yeah, you know? I think we should play it together. Especially, yeah. you know, we had so much fun playing Re- uh, Remnant, which, you know, is another Souls-like and this that is reminds built on me multiplayer. Of that. Yeah. This reminds me of that in the sense that they're both going for that difficulty, but they're both also just throwing a bunch of pasta at the wall. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. and like... This game feels a bit more focused than Remnant did. Where like, um, but it they still both does, yeah, yeah. They still had the bad habit of like putting a hard boss surrounded by golems, and it's like this is hard because you're not even giving me a fucking chance. Like, right. I have to stand on the steps, throw a stone at Golem, do two combos to get rid of it, and then like hope they don't eat each other. Like, yeah. you know, and and 
but I think that there are moments where it shines and and that's what I'm kind of hanging on to. Whereas like in Sekiro, what pulls me forward is the narrative and the cinematic. One of my favorite moments in, in the game is like meeting the divine dragon and being like, holy shit. And, and that slow burn of like not even knowing this is a fantasy game and then meeting a dragon mm-hmm. is like beautiful. It, it, it's it, it's art. Um, this game is more is more invested in like pulling off almost like in a double dragon sense, like kind of just yeah. brawling through an environment. It has credit cards too. It has some of the fun interlocking opening doors and finding shortcuts that Dark Souls one had that Sekiro doesn't. Sekiro is much more linear by comparison. Like there are a lot of hidden paths, but like this the the missions in, in Neo 2 are more like interwoven knots of a map. And I actually enjoy that a lot. I think finding shortcuts in this game is is such a relief. And like yeah. clearing out clearing out yokais who do not come back once they're taken out. That's that's great. Having an enemy that gives you so much trouble in the beginning that you're able once you do like know how to do the the counters to them and, and pull off your combos. Like the yokai also like even though they're the quote unquote mini bosses, they go down if you pull off the stuff. Like they're out. Yes. The, the golem guys take them for ten minutes. Like why are they the harder ones? Yeah. I could see them adjusting that in a, in a patch. Um. But like yeah, it's it's really fun. I would say like it's hard for me to recommend. I mean, I would recommend this game for sure. But like recommending it to who is where I'm struggling because I think yeah. if you really liked Sekiro, I could see you actually bouncing off this because it is so different. Yeah, and if you're closer to a Dark Souls one, Dark Souls two kind of brain, um, that I, I think this is more of a like a no brainer recommendation. Um, yes, absolutely. Also, like if you're a person who's not getting Animal Crossing soon, like that's also a no brainer recommendation. Yeah, uh, because this game is long. From what I've seen, the estimates I've seen are like 50 hours to like 150, depending on how good you are at it, which is wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there, there's like a shitload of game here also. Um, you know, if you're a person who is looking for something to play while you're at home for a really long time, um, this could be it. Yeah. I would compare it almost most to yeah, Dark Souls 1 and even like I think there's some Dark Souls 3 as well. Just like the variety of stuff you can find and like the number of systems. Yeah. Because like there's still stuff I'm finding where now I'm like having new ranged weapons and there's like shurikens I can throw rather than mm. using my bow and arrow. Cool. And like a lot of the armor... Let, gives you stat bonuses to stats. I don't even know what they do yet. <laughs> but like this gives you more like, you know, reload speed for this. I'm like, I don't, I don't I have magic yet. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's fun. Like if you, if you like kind of a, of a, <laughs> the, the chaos of like the inventory management and constant aesthetic updates of like a destiny or a Diablo mixed with sort of like a fighting game. I think people who like fighting games will love this game. Um, I think if you're into like kind of learning combos and, and really reading your opponent um, in, in a more uncontrolled environment, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I think Sekiro is so controlled that sometimes there is that wall. I don't feel the wall as much here, even though I'm dying a lot. Like, I feel like eventually something just happens where I win. <laughs> um, That's kind of where I'm at, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Especially but, yeah. summoning people. When, when you told me was, you sent me a bunch of messages that were like tips on how to play this game, like while I was still building Waluigi. And I was like, I don't know what any of this means, but I'm excited to read it when I do. Um, yeah. But one of the things you sent me was just to like not be afraid of summoning help, um, yeah. which I think has helped me a lot where I, I'm not summoning people for kind of just regular areas. I'm pretty much only doing it for boss encounters. But like you said, it essentially just means that like they are fodder, like they they, yeah. 
go down almost immediately, but it is helpful in that early stage of a boss fight to just have someone. Um, this is very similar to every Souls game also, but just having someone to um, distract the boss <laughs> so yeah. you can get yeah. some hits. Get in and, a few hits, exactly. And yeah, it feels more like summoning help in Nier Automata where like you reanimate the robot bodies and they just like go down. Like They're actually yeah. bad in that game. <laughs> they do not. This is like, they're more helpful here. Yeah. But I think having the active co-op could be really exciting. And, and the fact that you have the variety of everyone having different weapons, like that could be really fun. Yeah. So I think that like, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised at how much I like this game. I kind of got it out of curiosity. And again, it's a good time to pick up new stuff in this in-between time. I don't know if I'm going to see it through to the end because like I said, it doesn't have that pull that Sekiro does. But I'm really happy I checked it out, and I would recommend it if you're hungry for a Souls-like that's doing something more mechanically interesting. Yeah. Uh, this is definitely probably the best you can get. I will also check out the first game, too, just for comparison. But it seems like everyone says that Neo 2 has improved upon the foundation of 1 in a lot of ways. So. Yeah. Goodbye, not Geralt. I would. I wouldn't be surprised if I liked the first one more uh, yeah. on revisiting it, but I'll be interested to find out because I also picked it up when it was free. So uh, yeah, I'll I'll check it out one day. But yeah, I I also uh, I like this game. I don't I don't yeah. love it. I'm not like over the moon about it. But I me have, neither. I've enjoyed what I played so far, and I am having that situation. Um, that everybody who has ever tried to learn a skill has where every time I take a nap and I wake up, I'm better at this game. <laughs> it, it surprisingly feels like a fresh experience, which is what I'm enjoying. You know, I was expecting it to feel a lot more derivative and at times it does, but it really does have, it has its own identity and I'm enjoying seeing that unfold. I'm worried that there isn't going to be enough variation in the maps because I'm on, I'm on the third mission now and it's kind of more of the same. And I'm like, I kind of need this to change itself up a bit if I'm going to keep playing. Yeah. Um, context too. I've, put in 12 hours of this game yeah <laughs> I've, I've done three missions and i'm having a, a lot of fun uh, i'm enjoying seeing how my character grows and that's i think something that i'm invested in is like learning new combos and getting new weapons and all that kind of stuff also i just love would recommend i think this game really hinges on which weapon is right for you um the tanfa it was a perfect match love the tanfa <laughs> uh so you know i'd recommend like spending as much time as you want just like in that starting area and just kind of really playing around with what's available yeah yeah cool neo 2 uh a good a good game um a good game a good game goodbye <laughs> okay goodbye <laughs> steven let me tell you about a video game i played uh-huh uh this time last Which year one? this time last year you and i uh kind of on a whim downloaded apex legends a new triple a battle royale game from the creators of uh of of titanfall uh who were the creators of call of duty 4 so it was kind of like a, a direct lineage of you know the the people who kind of reinvented the way online first person shooters worked had worked their way through the game industry until they had created i think what is what is like the the perfect encapsulation or encapsulation of of everything that was like hot at that moment it was everything that people love about overwatch everything that people love about fortnite just bashed into one with great triple a gunplay um we joked a lot about that when it came out and played it and enjoyed it a lot yeah um, that's great but 
when we released the episode about that, we did a throwback to our first ever episode where we were talking uh, at E3 about the future of the Battle Royale genre, talking about the idea that, um, you know, AAA studios will get into this. They will start to just like add it to all of their games. And I asked the question, when will we get a Call of Duty Battle Royale game? And let me tell you, Stephen, the time is now. Call of Duty Warzone <laughs> is a game that is out. It is free. You can download it. It got announced and then released the next day over the past week i have played it and let me tell you i don't like it very much it's not great um but uh i have played a bunch of it 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 is uh-huh. um it it is both simultaneously like exactly what you would expect and also absolutely not because first of all <laughs> there's there's 150 people instead of 100 which just feels like they're just trying to uh, i don't know like show off how many servers they have or something um yeah which is kind of weird. Um, but on top of that, it just it just is so riddled with like Call of Duty microtransaction loot shit um, that like all the menus are a nightmare. I, I talked a lot about Call of Duty Mobile and how much I love that game despite the nightmare menus. This game yeah. like forces you into the nightmare menus to, uh, you know, try and change your loadouts and all those things. Um, there, there's so much <laughs> going on just in the UI of this game that is like hard to parse and hard to get through. I had no joke, the hardest time trying to play this game with a friend um because to their credit they launched cross-platform you can buy it or you can get it on xbox ps4 uh and and pc i think all simultaneously right now and you pretty much just make an account uh with activision so you can just kind of play with anyone it was so hard to do that and play with another person (laughs) anyway um I, I think it's it's worth touching on this game just because, you know, it's kind of like a high profile release. And, and I definitely did put enough time into it that I feel like I can speak kind of confidently yeah. about like what I liked and what I didn't like about it. Um, but I, I think just like talking about the differences between this and what everyone else is doing, it's it's not an Apex Legends kind of game where you have a class, which is actually the thing I was most looking forward to, because I feel like Apex Legends is more about your class now than it is about anything else. Um, mm. This game is like, no, 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 it's ju- it's just about like having gun and shooting gun like that's that's all that they yeah. really care about um you know how, how well are you surviving and and what gun do you have um and they've actually done some really interesting shit in terms of uh in terms of allowing you to instead of just running around and opening up loot crates fucking constantly trying your best to find a thing that's good um they've included all the call of duty like kill streaks and things like that but have also added this secondary thing that allows you to uh collect money so you can just find money all over the place which is great uh and you use that money at like loot stations to essentially buy the kill streak. So you can buy a radar for yourself or you can buy an airstrike or you can buy whatever. Um, You can also, if you're playing in a squad with someone, you can buy a respawn for them. Um, So if, if they are dead, you can just collect, I think it's like $4,000 of in-game currency uh, and then just buy them back. And then they just drop like on top of you, which is actually really great. Um, I, I found a lot of instances in which playing with somebody else is more fun because like, you know, they have enough money and they just have to make it to like a cash station. So it's not like the Apex Legends situation where you have to collect their key card and then bring it to a drop zone. And then like if the drop zone's used already, then you just can't respawn them, um, which I think like forces and causes a lot of people to just leave matches early, even though they can respawn. It's like, ah, there's no shot. This person's going to make it. I'm out. Yeah. Um, yeah. This game kind of bucks that trend by saying, no, no, no. It's actually very easy to bring somebody back if need be, which I think is helpful for keeping teams together up until the end. They've also done a thing where you can do missions while you're playing the game. So there's these like tablets that are just kind of left around in the level where if you pick up the tablet, it'll say, "Okay, we need you to like go find this loot stash or do this thing or do this thing. And if you do those things, they give you a shitload of money, which 
then you can you know go use to buy other stuff as well um so they're really trying to help the people i think who bounce off these games the hardest who are the ones who like just end up hiding because they don't feel confident in their ability to actually play the game this is like oh you can just go find this tablet and go do a bunch of side missions and then through doing those build yourself up to the point where you feel confident to actually engage with other players i think that's a mm. really smart mechanical yeah, change sure. on top of all of that i think that the most like high profile and like weirdest thing that they've added is that when you die <laughs> i can't even believe this is real when you die the first time you go to the gulag you get captured. You don't die. You get captured and get thrown into a prison where you have to stand above this like above this coliseum with all the other people who are dead and you watch as other people who have died fight each other one on one in this prison. And then eventually you're just waiting your turn. You get put into that and then you have to fight one on one and whoever wins that battle gets brought back to life. If Isn't you- that like didn't that happen to Goku a few times? Like when he dies, <laughs> it's like at, at, uh, at Supreme, who is a Supreme Kai? Yes, on yes. The planet exactly. is like, hey, Goku, you got to fight the prisoner. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, sorry about that. Uh, that's very similar to my Pigma impression, isn't it? <laughs> um, um, yeah. Anyway, it is it is a wild mechanic. Uh, it is extreme. Like it does. It doesn't feel good morally. Uh, to play. That sounds fucked up. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like a really, it sounds like a really big thing to throw in without commenting on. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if they're going for a certain tone or like, it sounds like a Mad Max kind of thing, like a Thunderdome sort of situation. Yeah. Which like could be fun, but like in the, in the realism lens of, of a modern warfare right. is horrific. Yes, exactly. And probably yeah. not a great choice. Honestly. I completely agree. It, yeah. this, the game that this is built off of, this is a fork of modern warfare, which is most recent call of duty launch. Um, this, you know, that, that game has been dunked on kind of like to no end just because of how kind of tone deaf it is about the idea yeah. of war. Um, especially considering like, they launched this game saying that they were being more cognizant of that and then released a thing that was like, absolutely not. Um, yeah. Warzone having a, a mechanic where you become a prisoner of war who has to fight to the death with another, with another prisoner of war uh, is a nightmare. Uh, yeah, that's rough. And I think like, we, we've we've touched on this a decent amount with like uh like I think in the E3 episode there's some there's some sort of modern war game and I think like I always think of it in two branches where I, not not to like deem what is quote unquote acceptable because make whatever you want and stand by your creation but like realize that you're asking these questions when you bring certain subjects up yeah I think the the ones that have worked for me. Uh, the very first Modern Warfare, made by um, Respawn, oddly took a very anti-war, harrowing approach. Yeah. There's that scene where someone is, like, slowly dying of nuclear radiation. Like, brutal. And, like, yeah. clearly being like, this is a bad thing. Um, and then you have, on the other side, also Respawn, Titanfall 2, which is, like, Star Fox, where it's, like, so far removed from this being a real battle that, like... It's just total camp. Yeah, um, absolutely. So to kind of navigate in between is where you get sort of an uncanny valley of intention. You're like, ugh, you know. It's yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's just my 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 thoughts on it. Yeah. Which I'm willing to talk about. I mean, what, what's wild about this in general is like, so so I think it's a great point to bring up the difference between Titanfall and Modern Warfare. 
because, you know, all the people who worked in Infinity Ward who made that original Modern Warfare then left to form Respawn, who then made, you know, the Titanfall games and now Apex Legends. And, yeah. and Infinity Ward is the publisher of Warzone. So you really have like, OK, what does this look like when those people leave? And what yeah. does it look like when all the people who are left over and, and took over that job um, are, are hanging out and, and are left to their own devices? And you have something like yeah. Warzone, which is like this real kind of nightmare almost. And don't get me wrong, like I've seen a lot of people who are playing this game and liking it a lot. And I and I understand that. Um, but yeah. I'm, not, I'm not seeing personally uh, what I want to out of it. I'm, I'm not having as much fun playing it as I would like to. The most fun I've had so far is <laughs> not a joke. Right. As soon as the, the game started, parachuted down into a car and then drove my car around on the train tracks of the level, driving around the entire level, honking my horn as much as possible just to see how far I would make it and making it into the top. <laughs> 10 that is the hardest i've laughed in my life yeah uh, and that was the most and fun i had and i immediately uninstalled the game after that i was like no nah, i'm I done. also like i i realize how subjective i am because like i've mentioned that the only shooters i've gotten into i can now list are splatoon 2 uh-huh. uh overwatch apex legends and team fortress 2 which are all very much in the same like i mean splatoon is on one end but like not too far on the other is Apex Legends, which is like very much in the TF2 Overwatch camp. Yeah, of absolutely. Like yeah. Being very cartoony and character based. And like, I like that in a shooter because I think inherently the mechanics are darker. So like to add levity to that keeps me going. Yeah. Um, but I also really enjoyed the first Modern Warfare. I really enjoyed Black Ops 1, oddly enough, mm-hmm. mechanically. I had a lot of fun with that. And like can totally see why there's still a big audience for this type of shooter. But I think what we're asking for is like intention. And that's really to make it as simple as possible is like, what are you intending to say with this and how did you execute it? Yeah. And it sounds like they just tried to not think about it and ended up making this thing that's kind of rough. Yeah. Uh, The only game, the only like recent modern, I I almost hesitate to even use the word modern when describing it, but the the only uh, like hyper realistic war game that's been released recently that I think actually does a good job is Battlefield one, which is the world war one shooter that they made. Yeah. Um, where that game is very much aware of the horrors of war and also is built in such a way that makes you feel it constantly. Like that is one of the most tense games I have ever played in my life. Like uh, Battlefield one is just like a dream of both realism in terms of um, in terms of uh, visual fidelity, but also sound design where everything is crafted in such a way to make you afraid constantly. Um, yeah. And and that actually does evoke the feeling that I kind of wish this did. Whereas, you know, Warzone just feels like I could just be in a car honking my horn for 25 minutes and, and get away with it. You know, <laughs> right, right. Um, but also the gulag exists. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. Um, I actually so I, I mentioned this. I, I did that that one game where I drove around in the car and then, uh, you know, deleted the game off my PS4 immediately after that. Um, I did download it again because apparently there's another game mode in there that's called Plunder, which I haven't played, which I've heard is great. Um, and, and I wanted to put some time into before talking about it today. Um, I don't know if I ever will because I have Neo now and Animal Crossing soon. Um, but I downloaded it again because I do want to check that out. Uh, yeah. yeah. Give it a fair shake yeah. at least. 
Yeah, I, I, I definitely think like we run into this a lot where there are series that are easy to write off and there's no easier one than the Call of Duty franchise. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like every six months there's a new one. They've reused the same title over and over again. But, you know, I mean, like there is room there is room to have that series have its place successfully. Um, yeah, I mean, it also, is it is one of yeah. the it is maybe one of the top franchises on the planet. I don't think maybe it is one of the top game franchises on the planet. And like as much as it's fun to like goof on it, which I do constantly, um, I also do feel the need to engage with it just to understand like where the landscape of gaming is currently, yeah. you know, because so many people are playing <laughs> this right now. Like this game hit six million players, I think, in the first 24 hours, which I think it took Apex Legends a week to hit. And that yeah. and that was the record. Like Apex Legends took a week to hit four million players, and that was that was the record at the time. It took Modern Warfare, uh, I think, twenty four hours to hit six. So I like, think there's also wild. just like a huge factor is this familiarity. Where like this is a game that yeah. the people who have been playing since two thousand seven have just stuck around, and like it's like okay, I'll get the next one because I'm a fan of this. Yeah. Uh, same thing with like the FIFA games and with a lot of sports games where it's like every year there's a new one, and you're probably gonna get it just to keep. And that, I'm not dunking on that at all. I totally get that. Like I I. I do that. <laughs> I would do that if I followed a series that came out every year. I'm in the prison of liking games like Final Fantasy VII, yeah. where I have to wait 30 years to get you know the first part of a remake. But yeah, I just I don't want to I don't want to create this sort of tone where we're like oh, <laughs> oh you know. But I think there's plenty of stuff to actively criticize in this case too. So uh, that's where I'm at, baby. Cool. <laughs> Call Thanks of Duty for sharing. Warzone. It's a game that Call exists, um, and I probably will try again. You know, get, yeah. even though I I just kind of dunked on it for however many minutes. But yeah, worth bringing up just because it's a thing that's out. And it's something you've been actively waiting to see happen. The idea of, like you said, the AAA systems trying their hand at Battle Royale, now we've seen most successfully was with Apex. Yeah. Um, and as fate would have it, the creators of, of Call of Duty, or the, you know, right. of Modern Warfare, at least. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that said, I also am going to dive back into Apex Legends later today, um, because there have been so many things that have been released in that game since the last time I played it. So I'm actually really excited. I, I have a... Oh, fun. I'm, I'm going to check that out, I think, after we're done recording, um, and just yeah. see where that game's at especially compared to uh warzone yeah aj and i played somewhat recently i played like the new map uh, a little bit which is really fun i haven't even seen um, it yet i haven't even seen oh, the new really? map at all yeah oh you're in for a treat yeah but yeah it just <laughs> as we've often joked that game eventually became like a catching up with friends that ends in tragic death sim yes where we're just talking and like oh shit we're actually playing sorry third squad mate but yeah <laughs> Cool. Wanna, uh, that was a long break. You want to go back to the to the canonical show? Yeah, yeah. This is all Let's fan do fiction. It. All right, sick. See you there. Bye. Goodbye. Hi. Hello. What do you got for me this time, man? Yeah, I want to talk to you about an Apple Arcade game that I have been playing uh, and loving. Like, oh, hell yeah. Like, really loving. Um, into this already. We, we talked about this uh, right before we started recording, but the way I would describe it is more of a grindstone, uh, card of darkness kind of game. Um, that I think I, I will just be playing like kind of endlessly forever um, instead of <laughs> instead of like a Sinar Wild Hearts, which is like a you play through it and then eventually, you know, it'll it'll kind of be done. Um, yeah, that's not to say I'm not listening to the Sinar Wild Hearts soundtrack constantly because I absolutely forever. Am. Same. Um, and every once in a while, I find when I'm on the subway, I'll just open up Sign Our Wild Hearts and just play a level of it just for fun and then like close it yeah. and go do something else. Um, it has that arcadey vibe to it where obviously Res is a big comparison, but I treat Res the same way. Yeah. I listen to the soundtrack a lot and every now and then I'm like, oh, I just want to do this level right. just for fun. Yeah. Um, this game is called Round Guard and it just launched this week. Um, and 
is just so good. Wait, actually, I, I want to look this up real quick. I think it might also be out on Switch. Android. Oh, wow. It is. It is out on Switch. Hell yeah. Wow, I'm so excited to talk about this game then. Um, okay, Roundguard is uh, essentially a, a like dream mobile game for me because it is a roguelike game that is also uh, blending everything that I loved about Peggle. Mm. What's Peggle? You never played Peggle? I've never played Peggle. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I don't know that was a song. That was great. Uh, yeah. So for those of you who know what Peggle is, bear with me. But Peggle was a game where uh, essentially... Getting round guard, by the way. Great. Steven just showed me his phone downloading it. Essentially what Peggle was, you just had like a bunch of colorful bricks uh, set up in a, in a like wild pattern. And you just had to uh, shoot a ball down into the bricks. And every time you hit a brick, uh, that brick would kind of explode. And you had, you know, a certain amount of tries to be able to clear all the bricks on that level. And then you move on to the next one. But what was cool about Peggle that's different from the billion versions of that that you've played before is that the levels would be set up in such a way where the bricks would form like almost kind of like roller coaster, like loop de loops and things. So like if you aim the ball in just the right way, like you could kind of knock out half the level at once. Um, you got all these like superpowers and things that would do all this weird shit. Um, it was just a really, really great arcade game. What Roundguard is doing is very similar to that in that it, it is exactly that kind of game. You are just trying to kind of clear the board, but what you're trying to clear actually are enemies on the board. So you have mm. enemies placed all over the board. You also have uh, health potions, mana potions, uh, and like pots that are filled with money. Um, and you're not shooting a ball, you're shooting yourself as an adventurer with a weapon. Um, <laughs> so what you have to do is you have to take out all the enemies on the board and, and every time you hit an enemy, you do a certain amount of damage based on whatever weapon you have equipped, and they will do damage to you as well because you also have health. So you have to kind of like mitigate risk by saying like, okay, I'm going to hit this enemy, but I know if I hit them exactly here, it'll bounce off and hit a health potion and then I'll be okay. Like that'll be fine. But at the same time, you have a bunch of like abilities that you can swap in and out. Um, and as you finish each level, you will unlock different loot that'll trade uh, things for like armor or weapons and things like that. Um, there's also a bunch of different characters that you can play as who all have different abilities, different starting abilities. Um, and as a roguelike game, it is very much like... Um, Wow, how did I just forget the name? Oh, Slay the Spire. It has a Slay the Spire style mm. map where whenever you cool. clear a level, you have to decide which way on the map you want to go next. Um, what's really great about that, though, is that you have to shoot yourself into a bucket at the bottom of the level to be able to choose that. And if you hit any of the like pots or whatever is left over on the map by the time you're done, you might accidentally bounce off of that and shoot yourself into the wrong one. Um, so you have to be like very careful about which way you're shooting yourself constantly. On top of all of this, you're collecting money, you're going to shops, you're like upgrading your loot, you're doing all this crazy stuff. Um, it is just like the most fun, most distilled, like arcadey ass version of a Peggle game that is also a roguelike. Um, yeah. And is like a dream. I couldn't believe I downloaded it because it was another one of those situations where every time Apple Arcade sends me a notification, I immediately download that game and try it. <laughs> Um, like a secret oops. Yeah, like secret oops. <laughs> uh, Butter Royale. Uh, there was a soccer one. I don't even remember what it, what it yeah. was about that I played for like maybe eight minutes. Um, this is the first time I think since Apple Arcade launched that they've sent me a notification. I've immediately been like, yes, this is. Yeah, this will be on my phone maybe forever. 
If it wasn't a roguelike, I would play it until it was over. But the fact that it is a roguelike means that I will probably play it forever. Um, I, I honestly, <laughs> right. like for real, having only done two runs of this game so far, feel like this is going to be like a forever game. Like this will always That's be awesome. uh, in the in the front of my games folder um, on my mm. iPhone. And now that I know it's out on Switch, I can recommend it to even more people, um, which is great. Very happy yeah. about that. That's so cool. I love the uh, the cross of, of Apple Arcade and Switch. It's great. Like Sign Our Wild Hearts and other things. Yeah. Very cool. Um, Definitely will check it out. Yeah. Highly recommended. I guess that's it, actually. That's all I really had to say about it. It's just fucking good. Uh, <laughs> well, we're, I mean, we've been talking for uh, around an hour and a half. Oh, so. yeah. Okay, cool. Do you want to wrap up then? Yeah, sure. I, um, I'm really excited to play this game. You, you were very good at pitching it. Uh, and because I've been I've been trying to get more because Apple Arcade opens so strongly and we've kind of been like waiting for more. So I'm excited to to have a new one. Yeah, that's kind of everyone. I think to. everybody has just been waiting for Apple Arcade to like show that it has something beyond what it launched with. Yeah. And this this is the first game that I've downloaded that really feels like that to me. This is the first one that's like, oh, yeah, th- th- this is this is like the dream scenario for Apple Arcade because awesome. I have this and I have Grindstone and I have Card of Darkness. And those are all games I'm playing. I also just downloaded um, the people who made Crossy Road also made a game called Crossy Castle. Which oh, yeah, first, I saw that. At first, I was like, I don't think I want that. Like, I played Crossy Road a bit when it came out and like, you know, it absolutely was a video game, but eventually bounced off of it. Uh, Crossy Castle, I've heard great things about. So I think I'll check that out. Oh, um, that's Crossy Road. It was just Frogger, but like with the kind of Katamari aesthetic. So it was kind of in from from go. Yeah, but, I don't yeah. know what Castle is yet, um, but I just keep seeing on Twitter that people like it. So I downloaded it and I'll give it a shot. Um, and also the idea of a Crossy Road style game that doesn't have any microtransactions is really nice. Yeah, for real. That's awesome. I um, will check that out too, I think. Yeah. I'm waiting. Uh, Guildlings Part 2 comes out in the summer, I believe. At least right now. Um, so I'm excited for that. That's what's yeah. keeping me going with Apple Arcade. Um, cool. But I'm glad I have some stuff in between now and then. Yeah. Uh, sick. Let's wrap up. Yeah, let's do it. Um, cool. Thank you so much, everybody who listens to the show. Uh, especially now, I, I feel... Uh, it's it's more important than ever to be releasing like fun content. <laughs> I, yeah. I hate to phrase it that way, but like just an, anything to take your mind off of what's happening in the world. For sure. Yeah, it's um, a tough time. I, I guess like to be perfectly honest, we will keep you informed if anything changes on our end in terms of our ability to release stuff. But I, I think the plan currently is just, you know, keep on keeping on and uh, and and stream as much as possible. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the good news is that we have always been over Skype. So like, and yeah, like you said, unless something changes on a more personal level, like we should be fine to keep going weekly. Um, yeah. But uh, if not, do more. So that's that's the ideal optimistic plan uh, that's likely. But we'll also keep you posted. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, totally. Second, what you said, I think uh, I think right now is the time to kind of just focus on the people you love and what you love. And uh, it's nice that we have a show that does that <laughs> directly for us, at least, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're not like talking about like the war of 1812 or something. <laughs> you know, I yeah. kept kept talking to Brendan about doing a war of 1812 podcast and he was like, no, 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 it's too hot. There'd be too many of them right now. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm actually really glad that we're not the hosts of hardcore history right now. Oh, yeah, for real. Woof. Um, yikes. Anyway, the election of 1912, though, we could talk about bull moose party every week. We could talk about <laughs> Taft in the tub and we could talk about gold. Uh huh. <laughs> I have such an ethereal memory of like middle school history. It's like kind of pull it out of a hat. Like, oh, uh, yeah. uh, Tippy canoe and Tyler too. Here we go. Uh, Um, Anyway, 
Oh, uh, yeah. just just in terms of like stuff that's coming up. So obviously, Animal Crossing is happening soon. Oh my god, cannot um, be sooner. Yeah. I have the Switch. I have the game downloaded on my Switch already. I'm ready for that. Um, I was planning on taking the day off initially, but now it just looks like I'm going to be home anyway. Um, so that's great. But anyway, that said, uh, other stuff that's happening. Probably going to be playing a lot more Final Fantasy 14. I think. Yeah, um, I'm near the end of Realm Reborn. By the that's, way, that's I've, awesome. Yeah, yeah, I have to catch yeah. up with you. You will. It's not too long. There is like apparently a, a mandatory quest in between Realm Reborn and Heavensward, which I'm like kind of dreading. But mm. I'm ex- the ending of Realm Reborn has been really fun. Like the story picks up in a way that I wasn't expecting. Cool. Um, so you've got a lot to look forward to. That's awesome. Um, yeah. yeah, playing that, playing uh, probably a lot of Round Guard, honestly. Uh, Neo 2. I've been playing Everybody's Golf, which I'm really excited to talk about on yes! the show. I was actually, because I saw screenshots and I was very excited to talk about that. I might pick that up too eventually. You got um, it. I mean, I got it. What was it? It was $5 when I bought it. Like, I'm oh. sure it's on sale. Um, <laughs> pick it up. It is so good. And I think, actually, I'll hold off on talking about it until you either do or decide to not get it. Um, but <laughs> I've, I've been playing a it a, a lot question? and it is just a joy. Um, I'm mm. playing as Waluigi. I'm just on this constant this constant kick of like, Nintendo, if you're not going to give me a Waluigi game, then I'm going to turn every other game into a Waluigi game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Neo um, 2, Everybody's Golf. Neo 2, yeah, Everybody's Golf. Uh, Bloodborne, I also made a Waluigi game. Yeah, um, you're. Uh, didn't you also do Judy Dench in Bloodborne? Uh, no, I did, uh, I did Meryl, Meryl Streep as Miranda yeah. Priestly from <laughs> that, The Devil Wears like- Prada. Uncanny. She's perfect in Bloodborne. <laughs> that, that was maybe the best character creation I've ever done in my life. Oh my god! I, I have this great her. screenshot of her just looking directly into the camera, covered in blood. <laughs> that just makes me laugh every time. Uh, um, if we ever get a Bloodborne movie, we know who the hunter has got to be. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so playing that, and uh, and yeah, I, I imagine there's there's more stuff to come. Not not super sure yet, but anyway, all that said, um, yeah, th- thank you to everybody who who uh, sticks around and shares the show with other people and stuff. Uh, thanks to everybody who backs us on Patreon. You can do that patreon.com slash into the cast. Given our shout outs, thank you to Akira, Alex, Andrew D, Andrew D, uh, Ariel, Bede, Benjamin D, Benjamin W, Bolt, Brendan, Brett, Catherine, Christopher, David, Dennis. Elliot, Hilton, Inez, Jason, Jeff, Josh, Cameron, Connor, Kieran, Kim, Kyle, Mark, Marcel, Marianne, Melly Muffin Pie, Micah, Min, Murray, Naomi, No Name, Pablo, Philip, Robert, Salute Peasy, Scout, Shelly, Skin Tight, Alloy, Spencer, Trevor, and William. <laughs> um, thank you to all of you for backing the show. Really means so much um, to have your support. Um, worth mentioning, hey, if if now is a bad time to be backing the show, please don't. Um, yeah. if, if you are in any kind of financial turmoil because of all the things that are happening and you just heard your name and you're thinking, oh shit, I should probably cancel that. No yeah. hard feelings, literally yeah. at all. Um, yeah. Very much understand that. Yeah, the Patreon is is like we say every week the idea is the more support we get the more we can do but obviously like we don't want to put anyone to a bad scenario and like we can still make the show without an income coming in so like it's not gonna like the show is not gonna go under if you're not giving us a dollar so like the entire um, idea of the show initially was that there was no cost involved in making it yeah Um, we made a patreon because people asked for it which is insane it's a lovely support so but yeah second to what brandon said um yeah so so thank you to everybody uh everybody who is backing the show at the moment um but you know don't don't feel any kind of way if you need to uh cancel or reduce or whatever totally fine we also have a twitter account that's at into the cast we have a twitch account that's at into the cast that i think is going to become a lot more active over yeah. the coming month uh it's a month and a half to however long this is um 
And uh, yeah, is there more stuff? Oh, we have a Discord. How did I not mention that? Uh, we have a very active and very cool Discord. It's bit.ly slash TWG Discord. Um, that community is awesome. It's been really great, honestly, over the past couple of days. Yeah, um, for real. To be able to bounce in and out of there. Um, I highly recommend joining that crew. Uh, everybody is, is, is so great. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and there are a lot of channels to talk about whatever. Uh, that's also something that we're getting active feedback on all the time of like what channels you want to see for for what kind of discussions. Uh, but it's it's a great it's a great place. Yeah, um, yeah. Just second to everything you said, I want to thank everyone for listening. Um, and you know, I I think um, at least with the stuff that we're discussing, I'm very excited for what's ahead. Animal Crossing. FF7 and just I think what we said last time to to kind of put a ribbon around our cautious optimism is like the things when we when we talked about our games of the year last year the things that we ended up highlighting were not things we were actively cognizant of when we said what we were looking forward to for that year right so many surprises and so many things that kind of come out of nowhere so that's what I'm also like remaining open to and I think that in this current like uncertain landscape i think that it's a testament to not to be too uh ethereal here but it's a testament to humanity's core that like on a very interpersonal level we just want to help each other and to have a good time and i think 90 percent of people are just looking to do that right now and in the face of a lot of governments and institutions not helping yeah. i think it's really beautiful just to see people helping each other even as simple as like texting to see what's up or to recommend a game or to you know send money or whatever you can do to help i think like that's what i think we should all be focusing on because at a certain point uh the knowledge of the situation doesn't help and i think what we can focus on is what's right in front of us and what we can do to help each other and people we love yeah well said absolutely um yeah highly recommend hey if you're a person who's working from home now uh i do recommend getting changed i know people are dunking on that all the time but please put jeans on or something um <laughs> yeah, if you walk around in just your pajamas you'll feel like a golem from neo 2 and eventually <laughs> yes. that's what i did i recommend yeah. that i recommend separating your workspace and your sleep and hangout space if possible um i broke my foot a couple years ago and had to work from home for eight months and I went absolutely wild until I built a desk to work at, which is where I podcast now. And that's where I'm recording at the moment. Um, oh, yeah. This is where I work. Uh, and it is different than where I sleep. And that is good. Um, I recommend doing those things. Also, just video chat with people constantly. Just like, yeah. I don't know. Facebook Messenger has a built in. Slack has a built in. Uh, our Discord has a great uh, voice chat group that's just called Chill Chat, where you can just go hang out with people. Um, there are so many great places to just hang out with people right now. Um, and also our, our Twitch hopefully will become a place like that. Um, yeah, I think like, you know, keep yourself safe, but also escape as much as possible. You know, also a, a recommendation for switch users out there, which seems like redundant, but this is the perfect time to play Breath of the Wild. <laughs> I just started playing it. Oh, last yeah, night. we didn't talk about this yet. Uh, oh, yes. Dun, 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 dun. This just in. Count your blessings. Count your sins. The bonus episode of homage will be Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah. It's yeah, been three years since it was released. Um, three years since it was released. We kind of felt the need to revisit it and talk about it um, in, in a more long form way. So if you have any questions uh, or comments or anything, literally anything that you want to uh, discuss with us about Breath of the Wild, please do not hesitate to submit those uh, either into the Aether podcast at gmail.com. Uh, Steven is doing a, a, a like rock guitar. 
you know, thing. Cool. He's in like an air guitar situation while I'm saying all that. Um, we, we have that. Uh, hit us up. Our DMs are open on Twitter. Um, both of ours and also the Into the Aether account uh, or hit us up on Discord. Literally any way you want. Uh, send yeah. questions about Breath of the Wild or send comments about Breath of the Wild. Um, or Zelda whatever. in general, I think, because we'll probably talk a lot about like just our experience with the series like as, as we usually do. Um, yeah. Yeah, We that's a game that like we reference as like the the beacon of uh the craft all the time we just wanted to sit down and like do an episode about it i'm very excited for that and uh we're gonna have a very close friend of mine be our first official guest for that episode yeah um, which i'm very excited to complete the triforce for that discussion yeah um so all good stuff with that um but yeah like outside of outside of plugging the bonus episode this is just like a great time to play that game to revisit it if you if it's been a while since you played it at first or um, if you've never played it before. I, I know a few friends of mine just picked up a Switch. Could not recommend getting a Switch enough. I'm not making commission off Switch sales, but it's just great to have. Um, but if you don't have a Switch, plenty of great stuff to do as well. Yeah. Like, you know, everything Brandon suggested. Um, but I, I just personally am like finding such majesty in that in revisiting that world again i'm excited to talk about it soon yeah i'm excited for my switch to finish downloading it so i can play it again <laughs> yeah you, brendan told me off the air that he's re-downloading <laughs> everything on the switch and it's doing an alphabetical order so zelda is, is last you have yeah. to wait three hours as it re-downloads civilization civilization six and yeah. uh neo three it has been over 24 hours since i started downloading all my stuff again oh no so sorry we'll see anyway uh, um we love you stay safe uh and we'll see you very soon yeah all right all right <laughs> see ya <laughs> all right later bye goodbye cut to the fucking chase for once Garbage dot online.